Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. All right, this friend. So in today's episode, I'm going to go over a common experience many women around the world have, which is imposter syndrome. I'll go over what it is and exactly some steps that you can take to overcome and work through imposter syndrome in your own life and how to identify it and what you can do about it. So stay tuned. Before we dive in, I'd like to give a shout out to a review from Happy Hebs. And it says, thank you for being your authentic self and bringing complete vulnerability every time I listen to your episodes. You're incredible and I'm always feeling energized after listening to you. Give this a listen. You'll leave with a new perspective. Thank you so, so much, Habibi. I know who you are and I adore you so, so much. And I would love if my sister friends from all over the world tuning in, if you would please be sure to hit the subscribe button on the show and leave an honest review. This really helps spread our mission to making healing more accessible, common, and empowering for women everywhere. Thank you so much, and let's dive in. So we're going to start by defining imposter syndrome. It is a psychological term, and it refers to a pattern of behavior where people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. It's not an actual disorder, it's not a clinical term. However, it was coined by two female psychologists, clinical psychologists, Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes in 1978, when they found that despite having huge external evidence of accomplishments, that people with imposter syndrome remained convinced that they don't deserve the success that they have. So that got me wondering, What if I asked other women, real women that I know, what they defined as imposter syndrome in their life? And here's what I got back. One incredible woman defined it as imposter syndrome is an underlying feeling of not being good enough and having to prove oneself. For me, it ties closely with perfectionism. For example, if I feel like I'm not going to be the best quote unquote at something, at times I'm reluctant to try. Another woman described it to me as, I often run the narrative of I'm not good enough and even if people like me, they will soon see the quote unquote real me and reject me. It's a massive thing I'm dealing with all the time because it affects everything. It shows up when I'm taking a step to be more vulnerable to someone in a new relationship. I feel it with business sometimes too, that people will think I'm weak even though my business is super successful. It's winning multiple awards every year. I'm one who needs to know what the other person is thinking just to validate or debunk my thoughts, and it feels toxic. 
Another woman vulnerably shared and said, I recently found myself having a mini breakdown when I received feedback on a piece I had written from a mentor. It was rather blunt and all of the negative thoughts flooded my mind, wanting to convince me that I wasn't a writer, that I didn't belong, and that I should give up because I was an imposter. The moment I had acute awareness that this was not grounded in truth, I knew I had to reach out to someone in my field and talk with them about it. I reached out to a writer who has over 20 years of experience and she told me, congratulations, now you're a writer. We had a beautiful laugh together and she shared her experience that even after 20 years, she can still feel like an imposter, but the difference now is she does not wallow in it. Have you ever felt that way? And maybe some of these narratives will ring true for you. And the more that we can expose them, my intention is that we remove the shame that we feel like we're alone and that we're the only ones struggling with this feeling of imposter syndrome. And so it can sound even so simple as a voice inside saying, everyone else has their life together. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not insert something enough. Might even say, I'll be ready when, right? It's constantly trying to convince you you're not enough, that you'll be ready when you do X. It's a voice that says, who am I to think I can do this? It's a voice that says, I'm a fraud. I'm going to let everyone down, right? So imposter syndrome is something, especially women and Women who come from minority backgrounds really suffer the most from it, and it impacts us every single day. The key is the awareness that that's what's coming up for you and that this is just a narrative, it's just the thought, and really kind of zooming out and making it abstract and making it an objective thought and not attaching or marrying it as truth for yourself. Right. So you get that promotion at work and your inner narrative, your inner critic says is it must have been a long shot that they picked me, that there was nobody else that was a candidate. And so they just decided to promote me. Right. That I didn't really deserve that promotion. I didn't work my butt off for it. Right. You don't acknowledge how hard you work to actually earn that. And it might be something like you're, you have your own business and you're having success and you tell yourself, well, that was just sheer chance that, you know, this person found you and that you made your first sale. It was just chance. It was just luck. It was just a one time thing that it's going to stop. Right. It's, it's not going to continue that I'm not successful. Right. You minimize how accomplished and successful and powerful you are, sister friend. So This inner critic gets louder if we allow it to. And it it even can get so loud in such subtle moments as as such as giving a presentation at work, right? You it's secretly thinking that you're about to be found out that you are not as the smartest person in the room. And so who are you to give this presentation? And you're not the most experienced person in the room. So who are you to come up here and do this training? right? It's completely derailing. It's exhausting. And the best part is it's not even true, right? And so that's the part we're going to dive into deeply because I so want you to take these next steps and really incorporate them in your day-to-day. I have done that. I feel imposter syndrome like I can't even say the word even now. It's like 
who am I to be doing a podcast? There's a million other therapists who are better than what I'm doing. And, you know, they should have their podcasts. And, right, it's all these inner critics. So we constantly have to check that. It's there. And as women, I cannot express it enough that we constantly feel like we don't deserve a seat at the table, that our voices, you know, we question it, we doubt it, when really we are damn successful and powerful and we should take up space and we deserve to take up space and we are successful and we have complete right to have the success in our life and claim it and own it. So let's get you there, girlfriend. The five ways that I have found successful for me to face imposter syndrome narratives as they come up. So it's the voice that says, you're not this enough. Who are you to start this podcast? Who are you to be starting to do life coaching and doing retreats for, you know, international? Like, who are you? Right. So I'm going to check that voice and I've been checking that voice and I want you to try some of these things that I have and see if they work for you. So as the narrative comes up, right? You're going to challenge it. You're going to really love yourself through all of that. And so ways that I have been able to consistently face that narrative and really challenge it is number one, I find a safe peer group that helps normalize the feeling and ensures that I'm not alone, that you're not alone. So this could be a Facebook group. It could be a mastermind that you join, a coaching session. You can there's so many free resources. You can even just listen to this episode and see you're not alone. Follow accounts on Instagram and join other women who are speaking very vulnerably about this topic and this and really finding these safe peer groups to be in. Start a conversation with your friends, your, you know, your close girlfriends and say, hey, are you struggling with this? Or you send them the, this post and say, can we maybe do now that we're all in like sheltering in place, maybe do like a Zoom or a FaceTime and we can have some wine or tea or coffee or whatever and like talk about what this looks like for you and in your life and how we can support each other right so finding a safe peer group that's one one way that i've worked through that and then i keep using that number two voicing your fears to a coach or therapist finding a safe person that you can really um load to and so a coach a therapist can be that person for you These are things that I've, again, tried for myself. I've gone to therapy. I'm a therapist myself, but I am always on the bandwagon of like, go to therapy first. And then over time, I got everything kind of sorted out that I needed to in therapy. And then I moved into coaching and got life coaching. And then I'm now seeing a business coach. So even now, imposter syndrome comes up with my business coach, like, what, I'm launching an e-course what I'm launching that like oh my god my web like all of the things and so that coach keeps me accountable checks that voice with me and we just keep it moving it doesn't stop the action from taking place number three write down a list of all your achievements your skills your successes to really demonstrate that you really do have concrete value to share with the world to do whatever it is that you're doing to share your gifts in whatever space you're in. It doesn't necessarily have to be this like online space, right? You could quietly do it wherever you are in the world and wherever you're working on, like you have the skills, you deserve that promotion, you should be recognized, you should be awarded, you should be receiving all these accolades and not shying away from them. So 
really writing those down and seeing like, wow, I'm a badass. Like, look at all the things that I've accomplished and celebrating that, that you worked your ass off to get to where you are. Number four, surround yourself with a really strong support system and getting ongoing feedback that validates your efforts as this is important for improving confidence levels. So really having a strong support system. So this kind of ties into the Facebook group or safe peer group, a woman's group, a mastermind. There's so many women's circles now that are forming in online spaces that you can join. And so really continuing to create this sisterhood in your life, this tribe, wherever that exists for you. Maybe you already have that in your friend group. Great. Really continue to support one another in what you're doing and what they're doing and support with what their growth is and one another and and really can be your biggest cheerleaders. Like we definitely need a support system as women to have cheerleaders around us to keep us going because the rest of the world can be so draining and our own minds can be so draining and derailing us from the truth. So having a strong support system. Number five, taking small action daily, weekly to make yourself proud towards your goal and learning to rest, but not to quit, right? So sometimes it can be so exhausting, right? You're maybe working on a blog. Maybe you're trying to put up something together to to put on Etsy and sell it. Maybe you want to do your art. You want to make plants. You want to start your coffee shop. You want to create. You want to serve. You want to do something in the house where, you know, whatever it is, make shifts and generational healing and all these things that you want to do and you can do it. So really taking action, small steps day to day to see that come to life. I asked some other women in the online space how they work through imposter syndrome they so sweetly answered and shared some of the things that they do so you can try some of the things i said previously and or you can try some of these additional steps so one woman said that she first identifies the way that she's feeling what stories am i telling myself what kind of self-talk am i engaging in and reminding myself of things that I have accomplished, reminding myself that being perfect is not attainable goal, that that doesn't exist, it's okay to make mistakes and to kind of have a mindset of fail forward. And she thinks of people who have had to fail at things before reaching a level of success and recognition, that embracing failure is important, it's a lesson learned, and just taking baby steps to reach my goal, just start with one achievable task, focus on who I want to be as a person rather than what I want to achieve. I love that so, so much, right? Not attaching to an outcome that I have to be perfect and it has to look this way and then blah, blah, blah. And then if it doesn't, then that means a failure. No, it means releasing yourself from an outcome and saying, wow, I am a badass woman who has done X, Y, and Z in my life and I deserve a seat at the table and here's how I'm taking my seat. And boom, keep going. Keep taking baby steps towards that keep challenging the thought that comes up. Um, Another woman beautifully shared with me that she for herself does similar things. So she looks for the evidence, right? If there's a thought that I'm not X enough, looks for the evidence. Is that true? Is that existing in her life, right? She looks for, uh, she follows accounts from psychologists and therapists online and really gets great tips from them. And she'll just look for the facts and then forget the rest, 
and she practices gratitude. She says that helps her a lot and journaling so that she can really get an outside perspective and kind of track what the narrative is and what's the problem underneath. And then to combat that, you really challenge the thought and you journal about the successes, the gratitude, and really just being your best friend, being your biggest cheerleader. So those are some ways some women are doing it. And here's a couple more. Going back to journaling, one woman said that she really helped kick imposter syndrome in the ass by making a list of achievements and qualities of herself based on real feedback she's received. So writing down what a partner thinks of her and based it on evidence, what have they said, what have they done, then doing the same thing for friends, family, coworker, and really starting to see a common thread, which helps prove to her how awesome she really is. I have a dear friend who is a professor and teaches students in social work, and she recently I was asked and joined her class to speak to them, and we talked about imposter syndrome, and it was so great, but I loved it that she tells her students all the time that they belong in higher education. They belong in these places that they are in and changing the world, and, and that they worked hard and earned it, that they didn't just get lucky to be in school or college or you know, that their success was because of their hard work that they put in and that they are enough. And so really that narrative of I'm not enough is so common for for everyone around the world. I think it's one of the most common things we can experience as humans that we're something not X enough. And so challenging that and saying, no, I earned it. I worked hard and really being honest with yourself and giving yourself the accolades, the accomplishments that you have had and that you weren't just lucky. You worked hard for what it is that you're working on. And especially for women who have, for me, I come from an immigrant background coming here and trying to catch up with the, you know, this American life of like trying to be perfect and like catch up with everybody who has had, you know, generations of family members who've gone to college and have established businesses and whatnot and trying to be like, oh, I too can like try to be so perfect for, you know, to catch up with them. And it's like, no, just stop. Like, I am so proud of my family. I can't even imagine at this age that I'm in that my parents, I'm 36, that in my my parents in their 30s left a country, left Iran, moved three girls, said goodbye to their family in Iran and moved and started a whole new life not knowing the language twice, once to Germany and then to America. I cannot even go to another town in California and like think about how I would survive. So the fact that I can just pause and just be like, wow, my parents were a badass for what they did and good for them. And who the hell cares if whatever X didn't happen? Like We are enough. They're enough. I'm enough. We're enough. You're enough. One other woman told me that she knows that in her life there will be different experiences she will be challenged by, but she knows that she is a writer, that she does belong, and that she should never give up, right? That inner critic will always live in our minds, she says, and will try to take up space in our minds. But the difference for me is that I don't let the critic live rent-free in my head, and I evict the critic. I love that so much. So today, she says, I can take time to stay present and recognize all of the good, and I stay in gratitude. I make gratitude lists, and I rejoice in my victories. So no matter what, no matter how small, I just continue to stay grounded and uh, grounded in myself and take small steps, whatever that looks like. 
And I recognize the importance of having a community of like-minded people to connect with, especially when you're in a creative industry. Although she says, I write alone, I am never alone. And therefore my thoughts about imposter syndrome will come and go, but they will not settle in in my mind and take over like an unwanted house guest. As Adit says, and, and she's so cute, but she referenced, I say this all the time, you know, in I've done it in the sunset meditations that you let your thoughts come and go, but don't let them stay for tea, right? Don't serve them tea. Just let your house, your thoughts are just house guests. Let them come and go, but don't serve them tea. Let them come and go. Don't serve them tea, right? So kind of keeping that mindset in mind, just label the thought thinking so that I'm not narrative comes in be like, I see it objectively. I label it thinking. I'm not serving you tea. I'm not going to wallow in it. And so for her, she said that really helped. That was key for her just kind of resetting that narrative and coming back to her accomplishments. And she said that it is key that I have a spiritual practice that guides me throughout my writing process. And I pay homage to that every day through prayer, working on my spiritual self and gravitating towards safe spaces to which I can then go out into the world. And no matter the feedback I receive, I'm aware that feelings are not facts and that they will not define me. And she says, may you seek out your community as I have and a strong spiritual practice that lifts your spirit up and therapy helps too. I love that so much. Uh, Shout out to the woman who really just spent some time to message me and share their definition of imposter syndrome and what they do. Veronica out in Los Angeles and Sam out in Australia and Leah out in also Australia. So Thank you so, so much. Beautiful souls, beautiful ladies. You have a gift. You were born to share your gifts with the world, with your community, with your family, with your friends, with yourself, wherever you are in your career, that you deserve it. You've worked your ass off and to celebrate that and to kick imposter syndrome in the ass when it comes up. All right, sister friend, I'm going to leave you with that. And I hope that you have a beautiful, blessed rest of your day. Stay tuned for future episodes. We're going to be diving into inner child work, reparenting, spirituality, empath journey, and so much more decolonizing therapy. I have some exciting interviews lined up with some therapists that I cannot wait for you to meet in the podcast and I will tag all their information so you can find them in the online world as well. Diversity matters so much to me, diverse voices from women from all over. And so I will be bringing that to you with full heart. If you are ever in question about your journey, please feel free to reach out to me, find me on Instagram, and I'll leave all of that in the show notes. You know where to find me in there. And until then, stay blessed and take good care of your soul and spirit and heart and minds and body. Bye, friend. Hey, sister friend. Are you interested in learning more about yourself and going deeper and expanding in self-awareness? Maybe you want to deepen your relationship with your partner, with yourself, with family, with friends. Maybe you want to shift in your career and you want to kind of workshop some of those ideas out. Well, I am here for you. I am offering a sliding scale fee at this time for life coaching with me individually. I have 14 years of experience in the mental health field, and I cannot wait to show up and to serve you. 
and everything is virtual. So all it is is a confidential server that you log into and then we're set up for our one-on-one sessions. To inquire about that, you can go to my website, adc.com. It's in the show notes. Or you can just message me on Instagram, send me an email. My contact information is there. And we can decide if we're a match and we can go from there. 